Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell. Back with you guys after several weeks off. It is Tuesday, June 22nd, the night of the NBA draft lottery. And the Thunder had a 25% chance at landing two top five picks, a 75% chance of landing at least one top five pick. And none of those percentages came to fruition. The Thunder fell from their fourth position, which was projected pre-lottery to number six. So they will pick number six, number 16, and number 18, as well as having three second round picks. Barry, no other way to describe the night is, is a disappointment. The Thunder was surely hoping for, for at least one top five pick. There was all the hopes of maybe one in five, Kate Cunningham uh, staying in the state. But what was your reaction to the lottery? Oh, I, I, I thought of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, June 22nd, 2021, <laughs> a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> dead day. It was a dead day all the way around. I mean, just, you know, the, the uh, thunder gets uh, on the outside of that top five where it wanted to be. And, um, you know, if, if, you know if, if they go eight, if they get picked at eight, you know, they'll, they'll get pit, Houston's pick at, at uh, five, five because yeah. that means four teams would have jumped them. So it was just, you know, it's just a bad day. Um, makes things much more, not as, you know, difficult's the wrong word. It just slows it down because the infusion of top-level talent isn't likely to occur. Now, you know, I'm one of these guys who doesn't put – absolute stock in draft order, especially in more recent times. I think we're seeing more and more great players come out of the teens. Uh, your Giannis, your, your Donovan Mitchell, that crowd. But still, the higher you pick, the, the, the better chances of striking it rich. And this was a golden chance for the Thunder. You know, that Houston pick came out of the blue when they made that trade. You think, well, the Houston, they just, James Harden and Russell Westbrook down there, they're going to, you know, they win the dang, uh, what, West semifinals last year. Um, so you think, you know, that'll be just a so-so pick. Well, then you get greedy and think, uh, this has a chance to hit the mother load. Neither hit the mother load. Uh, Sam's just going to have to do one of two things. He's going to have to draft his butt off or trade his butt off. Yeah. Got to happen now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they certainly have the ammunition to move up in in the draft. They've, they've got that treasure trove of picks. They've got, you know, 18 first rounders through 2027 and, and they've got three first rounders this year. So if you package say six, 16 and 18, can you move up to, can you move up to four? Like, do you, do you want to do that? It all depends on what their board looks like. I mean, I've seen a lot of people say, okay, now they've got to trade up. They've got to trade up. I don't think it's that cut and dry because Cade Cunningham is off the board. Basically. I don't, I don't know if you could trade the the Pistons 10 future first and, and get the number one pick. So then you're looking at number two. Um, everyone loves the potential fit of Evan Mobley with the thunder. And I think he's a pretty good bet to go second. I mean, I mean, can you, can you sort of make that, make that kind of deal um, with the Rockets at at this point? Um, And then if those two are off the board, you know, for the Thunder to move up to number three, they would really have to love Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, 
um, one of those guys. But but if they say put it six and say you know Kaminga and Barnes are the same on their board, they might as well they might as well stay put. Like that's all I'm saying is if they if they're not in love with Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs, I don't know if they're going to move up. Yeah, that's right. You know, whoever you like, let's say fourth, let's say it's Jalen Suggs, is the difference between Jalen Suggs and Scotty Barnes, and I'm just using names because I don't Mm -hmm. but is the difference between Jalen Suggs and Scotty Barnes greater than the the combined potential of of Scotty Barnes and whoever you might get at 16, yeah. whoever that might be. Um, you know, that it's it's a little bit, you know, when, when you have three first-round draft picks, six, 16, and 18, I'm going to use a word that has now fallen into uh, quite disreputation in the state of Oklahoma. It's a little bit like a lottery in that the more lottery tickets you buy, the better chance you're going to have of hitting. And, you know, is, would you rather – you know, I could see a scenario where the Thunder could trade six and 18 and move up to five. I could see that. Yeah, I could too. I, I could also. But then, but then if, when you get to five, could you trade five and 16 and move up to four? Mm-hmm. Maybe, possibly. But you, you raised an excellent point. Do you really want to? Is it, is it worth that? Yeah, I don't know. Just just because they can doesn't mean they will, because we don't know what their draft board looks like. For for example, right. if Scotty Barnes, I, I don't think this is the case, but say Scotty Barnes was number one on their draft board and they genuinely liked him more than Kate Cunningham, they'd have no need to trade up because they could probably get him where they are at number six. Um what I could also see is a trade up in a in a different way. Say they were content staying at six. Well, then do you do you know, includes 16 and 18 and maybe a second to move up to, to 12 or 11 or someone you might really like at one of those yeah. spots. I think that's also a possibility. Yeah, I do too. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's massively disappointing. The thing that sort of, I guess I need that sort of gives me some consolation is this. There's no Zion Williams. None of these guys are Zion Williams. None of these guys are Anthony Davis. None of these guys are LeBron. None of these guys is Tim Duncan. None of these guys, I don't think, or we we certainly don't know, it's going to transform a franchise almost overnight. Um, so that's that's one of the consolations. Um, it could happen. Yeah, these- but but like you said, if one of them is that kind of guy, we don't we sure don't think it right now. Like right, that's exactly right. You know, so people didn't know. You know, people didn't know that. Uh, some of the, you know, Giannis coming in at 15 would be a two-time MVP. People didn't know that um, Chris Paul at four, over how many years ago that was, 16 years ago, would be a transcendent point guard. People didn't know Russell Westbrook would be the player he was. So, you know, that it's, it's massively disappointing. But the truth is, it's a little bit – this night is not as important as the next night. You know, we, we talk, got to talk to Sam Presti before the lottery, and he said something interesting. I asked him how nervous he was because it's sort of a tense night, you know, for everybody. And Sam said something interesting when he said, I'm actually going to be more 
I don't know. I don't think he used the word nervous, but whatever word he used, going to be nervous when I decide who we're going to pick more than where we're going to fall in the lottery. So, you know, this was this was yeah, a bonus. one you have utmost control over and one you have zero control. Over. Right, right. And, and whoever they pick, whether they picked them at four or six or 16 or whatever, I mean, that's who they have. Yeah. So, the, you know, their roster is not changed right now. All, all that we know is probably not going to get Cade Cunningham. And, you know, I've been on record, for crying out loud, I've been on record since March saying, I love Cade Cunningham. I actually like Jalen Suggs better just watching the NCAA tournament. So I don't, you know, I'm not a scout, but you don't have to have one of the top three or four to hit, but it sure does make it easier. No, that, that's a perfect way to put it because like you, you want to pick as high as possible, but that doesn't mean that high picks turn into superstars. I was looking at like the value of a top five pick and was actually surprised at, at what I found the number four and number five picks in the last 10 years combined so you're looking at 20 players have combined to produce zero all nba teams so i, I just thought that was interesting like it, you're yeah. not guaranteed to find a superstar even at four or five now certainly if you ask sam Presti, would you rather draft four or six he's gonna say four um five or six he's gonna say five like you you want those high picks like not to uh minimize sort of the the disaster that this night was as, as far as the lottery goes doesn't mean that it's um we don't know what it's going to be in, until the draft comes and until we see what those players will look like. Just um, in, in, in case anyone listening hasn't looked, Detroit did win the lottery, almost certainly going to take Cade Cunningham. Houston uh, with the second pick, Cleveland and Toronto were the two teams that moved up. So when those teams were passed over, um, the Thunder and the Magic knew it was moving down. So the, the Magic will get the fifth pick, the Thunder sixth. Um, and, and that rounds out the the top six. Do you see, Barry, do you, I, I don't know. I mean, it's too soon maybe to, to talk about the guys who are available and the teams that are in front of the Thunder, but I'm just wondering if there's like a natural team you see as a, as a possibility they could trade up with. Well, Orlando's tough. That's, that's some more bad luck for the Thunder because the way you could trade up, you know, apparently would be to dangle another first-round pick Port Orlando already has two. They got five and eight in this draft. So, you know, are they going to be would – they, would, would they They're look, trying to do what the Thunder wants. Yeah, do. yeah, that's exactly right. So, And they've got more attractive picks. Like, say a team – say they really want to move up to two or three, you take Orlando's offer over the Thunder. I mean, the Thunder has all these future picks, but just for this draft, they could they could right. dangle five and eight and move up to maybe three or something. Right. So – you know, that's that's a bummer. Now, at four, you know, Toronto sort of knows what it's doing. So you'd rather Minnesota had gotten in there somewhere at four because, you know, you can sort of you can sort of swindle the Timberwolves pretty easy. But um, Cle- Cleveland's interesting to me because they they clearly have, you know, a, a couple good guards in uh, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. And I think Mobley would be the guy they prefer. But if he goes number two to Houston, maybe Houston doesn't take Mobley. I don't know. But it seems like Cleveland would really like Mobley. So if if they're sitting there at number three and he's off the board and, you know, Jalen Green is the best player available, they might not want another guard. So I see that as, as a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And, you know, you just never know. Um, 
I don't, you know, Toronto is sort of a mystery. I don't really know what Toronto wants or needs. Um, and, and in the middle of all this is Kimba Walker. You know, could you, can you figure out, a, could you get Kimba Walker involved in any of this um, to any degree? Probably not because he's, if somebody's interested in Kimba Walker, it's because they're ready to, they want to win now. Generally, teams picking one, two, three, four are not going to win now, whether they want to or not. They know it. So, yeah, it's not like a Golden State situation last year right. when, you know, yeah. they, they drafted Wiseman, but maybe they could have uh, traded for a, a star with that pick. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll say, you know, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's disappointing. But um, like I said, I believe elite talent more than maybe ever before can be found later because guys are younger and younger, you know, and we never even think about the Europeans, but you know, the, the European market is always ripe with, with prospects. So. Well, we'll just look at the, the five, it, the five first team, all NBA guys this year. One of them was a top five pick. Well, yeah, there you go. And that yeah, was, there you cool. go. Yeah. So. So Hawaii yeah, and Giannis so. were, were taken 15th. Um, then you had, uh, you know, Jokic, obviously the runaway MVP was, was, was 41st. So um, definitely not out of the question that you can find some guys. Yeah. So, you know, my question is how many, you know, the, the Thunder has six draft picks, three first, three second. How many do they want to use? I mean, I don't think you can draft six guys maybe you can but i don't think you want to unless you're just going to stash you know take a flyer on a bunch of europeans but i don't you know stash them or something but i don't think you i don't i don't, I don't think they want to try I, I would assume they don't want to take three first rounders i mean i i i would have to think i don't know if it's going to be a trade into the top 5 but like i said maybe it's packaging 16 and 18 i'd be really surprised if they kept all three of their first rounders yeah, that because you know that it's a young team anyway, and you don't, I don't mind being young, but you know, I don't know that they want to have that many at some point. You know, they're without a 30 year old, uh, other than Kimba Walker. Now, if they re sign Mike Muscala, he'll turn 30 very soon, but this is a team void of, of uh, anybody of advanced age substantially. So, um, I don't know that they want to totally load it up with 19-year-olds. Maybe they do. I don't know, but it seems seems a little odd. Yeah. The the one thing that has come out of tonight, it makes it makes it more fascinating to see what Sam Presti and the front office do because if they win the lottery, that's that's pretty cut and dry. They probably draft Kate Cunningham and uh that doesn't take a, a genius to figure out, but now with this it's like we're we're going to see some serious maneuvering um in in one way or the other. Um, but just for fun, say the Thunder keep the number six pick. I want uh, you to tell me uh, if any of these guys excite you. I just ran down the last 10 number six picks. Last year, Onyeka Okongwu. Uh, in 2019, Jarrett Culver. In 2018, Mo Bamba. 17, Ooh. Jonathan Isaac. 16, Buddy Heald. 15, Willie Cauley-Stein. 14, Marcus Smart. Uh, a lot of Big 12 players on this list. 2013, Nerlens Noel. 2012 is the, is the diamond and Damian Lillard and 2011 um, is the man. No one will forget Jan Vesely. 
So, <laughs> so Lillard is the, the star, you know, yeah. obviously Marcus Smart, quality player, Buddy Heels, Culver looks like a bust, Bamba looks like a bust, Isaac is, is good, um, but only one star on the whole list. Yeah, and you know, now if the Thunder at six can get a Marcus Smart, sign me up. Uh, he's a winning ball player. That's the kind of guys you need. Um, maybe you find a star somewhere else. I don't know where, but. You want you want Davion Mitchell? Uh, Davion, now listen. Now, Davion Mitchell's in play, you know, with, yeah. with 6, 16, and 18. And, you know, he's a guy from Baylor just zooming up the charts now. He's 22. He's got two things against him. He's 22, so he's too old. He's a regional guy, so we all, we naturally think too highly of him. Going to Baylor, we know a lot more about the Baylor guys than we do the Kentucky guys or the UCLA guys. But, you know, that's the kind of player, you know, nobody got excited when Utah made that draft night trade for for Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, I think he was 13 pick, I think. Turned out okay for Utah. Um, so... Uh, if you find somebody you like, get after it and and, and go. Yeah. Um, just to look at ESPN's mock draft, because I think they do a, do a good job and they've updated this after the lottery. They've got Cunningham at one. Um, they actually have Jalen Green at number two to the Rockets. So that solves the Mobley dilemma with Cleveland I was taking. So Cleveland – uh, taking Mobley at three, which I think they would love. Suggs to the Raptors at four. Uh, Kaminga to the Magic at five. And they have the Thunder taking Scotty Barnes. And we just talked about Davion Mitchell. They have him going seventh to the Warriors and rounding out the top ten. They've got Keon Johnson from Tennessee going eighth. Franz Wagner from Michigan going ninth. And Corey Kispert from Gonzaga going tenth to the Pelicans. So, Scotty Barnes, I think, is the name that, you know, who knows? A lot of people are, are high on him. He seems to be the one guy moving up uh, maybe into that top five range as Kaminga moves down a little bit. But it seems like Kaminga and Barnes are two guys we're going we're gonna to be learning about quite a, quite a bit if the Thunder stays put at six. Now let me ask you a question. Cleveland and Mobley. Cleveland's got a young center who's – Really, a ball playing fool, if you ask yeah. me. It's Jared Allen. I was so, I was totally overlooking Jared Allen. I, I so I you know now he's not he's not a shooter. He's not an outside shooter. But I was thumbing through whatever what draft was he was he the seventeen draft or the night whatever you I was looking at that draft. If you redrafted, I whatever year I think he'd be the second pick in whatever year he was. He's been playing at such a high level. Um, it seems pretty clear that the that the Nets sort of would have done well to hang on to him. But anyway, that's some of the intrigue. Maybe somebody like a Mobley does fall to four. And then, you know, you, if you're the, if you're the, uh, the Thunder, you, you say, Hey, Toronto, we want that guy. What, what will it take? And, you know, who knows? You know, I don't, I don't know what's going on with the Raptors, but that's the kind of intrigue that could happen, I, but probably won't. But the good news is most years when you lose out on the lottery, you fall to six or eight or wherever you might be, 
you're just sort of stuck. And the Thunder's not stuck necessarily. They got, you know, they they got they got some wiggle room. They still got, you know, they still got some tunnels that they can they can uh, burrow through and 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 get back uh, out of out of lottery jail. So we'll see. Um, it it it'll make it's a different kind of intrigue. You know, if they'd have got the third pick tonight, everybody'd be thrilled. We'd be just sitting here the next whatever month talking about what's the Thunder going to do on draft night? Who's going to fall to three? Do they get Green? Do they get Suggs? Do they get Mobley? Who do they get? Now, we're, we won't be just looking at prospects, but we'll be looking at deals. How can they inch up to five? How can they inch up to six uh, or to four? I mean, so it's just another – it's just another way to, to fill our time here in the next month. Just a hypothetical. Say say the Thunder just in love with Mobley, think he's some transcendent guy. Um, and I, I, I sure don't know this. I'm just throwing this out there. And they think he's going to go two, so they really want the second pick. I, I think a fun question when the Thunder has, you know, 18 first-rounders is how many it would take to move from, you know, whatever, 16 and 6 to two, like, would you have to attach five future first, six? Is that too much? Like, I, I think it's a fascinating question. I know it would depend on what first and the protections and everything like that, but it's the, I, I think it's interesting to see, like, how many they would be willing to bundle together if they really were dead set on moving up. Yeah, you, they got a lot of options. They got the Houston picks. They got the Clipper picks. They got a Philly pick. I think they've got a – is it a Denver pick? I can't remember. Um, they've got a Phoenix pick. Well, yeah, what if they told Houston, hey, you can have uh, your picks and your swaps back, and we'll give you – we'll sweeten the deal. Well, I don't know. Now, that's – see, that's the one thing I might not do because <laughs> the, the Rockets may be down a while. You know, that's the good news. Um, but uh, but that, that's something you could definitely do. You know, and um, you know those swaps are. Uh, that's a, you know, that's a uh, an albatross hanging over, over team's head when you're somebody like Houston. By, by the way, like f- for as bad as it went for the Thunder tonight, I mean it, it was great for Houston. But imagine how nervous they must have been. They're picking second, and that could have been 18th. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, the Thunder The Thunder went from fourth to sixth. Yeah. The were teetering on the edge of two or 18. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. That was, you know, oh, oh, oh. Akeem was a good luck term, I guess, sitting uh, there in the virtual in the virtual studio. Yeah. Nazi Muhammad, not a nice man, not invited back to Oklahoma City. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Just, just a big picture question. I, I know like, you know, a, a lot of people understand what the Thunder's doing. And this is the way, this is basically the the only route or at least the best route forward for a small market team is to put yourself in the best position. Uh, Sam Presti talks about bites at the apple. They certainly have a lot of those. They don't have the, the big bites that they would hope for. But when tonight was such a disappointment and this year was so disappointing for Thunder fans who, who are maybe just casual fans and not super in tune to everything that goes on, like, how do you just how do you think this will be like received? And like, will this we, we've talked about it, this can alter their timeline, but I'm just wondering what the reaction is going to be. 
Well, it's going to be massive disappointment. There'll be some that question the whole tanking deal. And, you know, for good reason. I mean, for good reason. I mean, you know, that, that's the problem with tanking is even when it works, like with Philadelphia, it's not guaranteed to work. And even, but it's also not guaranteed to work. You know, you can tank and get sixth. So that's, you know, to me, that's legitimate. It's legitimate questions about the whole tanking is tanking's pretty bad to go through, even when it works, but it's not a guarantee to work. Um, now, if the yeah. thunder, thunder comes in at one or two tonight, we're not asking those questions, but that's the truth. I mean, that's the, that's the gospel truth. So, so the, the more leveled, flattened, uh, whatever you want to call it, lottery odds that were put in place, voted on in 17, put in place in 19, would not affected the Thunder all that much, really had the most impact on the top three picks. The number one pick went from a 25% chance of winning the lottery to now a 14% chance, which the number two and three picks also have. So there, there's no difference between being um, 30th and 28th. Um but but it is interesting looking back that the Thunder was the one team that voted against the lottery reform and almost saw something like this coming again. Not that it had a huge effect, but but knowing that, you know, flattening those odds was made it harder to tank. I mean, I, it has certainly not worked the way the NBA hoped. It has not disincentivized tanking. Tanking no. still exists, um, but it makes it harder to properly tank. Yeah, it, it... It you know why in some ways it makes teams it makes better teams tank because if you're I don't know Sacramento or Chicago was eight I think Sacramento nine New Orleans ten whatever it was those teams would have no chance of going one two or three can say you know what we still ought to just keep losing because even if we're seven. We got a fighting chance. It's not a terrible long shot. So yeah, they've not disincentivized tanking. That has not occurred. If the lottery reform was supposed to stop it or slow it, it has not. In fact, I might say it's increased it. Um, I I wonder if the play-in tournament has helped or not. Um, I don't know that there would be terrible excitement in Oklahoma City if the Thunder is, you know, a game out of 10th next spring with five games to play. I think a lot of people would be saying, let's just go, let's stay out of this and just take our lottery chances. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know what the answer is. I personally would get rid of the lottery um, in conjunction with some other things, including a hard cap and whatever else. But the lottery is not conducive to a quality product. And when you add on the health situations that we've been dealing with in the NBA, it just makes for some too much bad basketball, which we lived with, you know, lived through the last third of the season this year. Barry, it looks like Cade Cunningham is is going to be a Detroit Piston. Um, what do you what, what do you think of that fit? And also, like I think it's 
obviously the interest of Cade Cunningham um, being an OSU Cowboy, but but Troy Weaver, uh, Sam Presti's longtime uh, second command assistant GM in Oklahoma City is the GM in Detroit. You've got Hamadou Diallo who could be back. You've got Jeremy Grant. There, there's a lot of connections, um, but just, you know, franchise overall fit. Uh, w- w- what do you think about Cade to Detroit? Well, I feel a little bit sorry for him because I'm not high on the Pistons. Um, they had uh, a good draft last year. They got three draft picks, none of them terribly high, but uh, Sadiq. Yeah, Kill- Killian Hayes went seventh, I think. Yeah, and, and then Isaiah Stewart turned out to be a sort of a find in the teens at center. And Sadiq Bay was their best rookie. He was actually a really good draft from. Yeah, from they, yeah, they did. They did a wonderful job. Uh, but I'm not high on the Pistons. I don't. I don't know if that can. Um, I'll be pulling for Troy, no doubt about it. But it's a little bit of an outpost when you think about the great bad boys, and then the great, you know, Larry Brown reincarnation. In 03, 04, 05 there. Um, you know, there's sort, sort of a capital of NBA basketball for yeah, a long time. Ben Wallace was their lottery. Yeah, exactly. You know, they had they had one of the great teams of all time, that 04, I think it was 04, when they won the title, without a real superstar. And to me, that was just a wonderful development. Now, people can say Chauncey Billups became a superstar, but I don't agree. Rasheed Wallace was a wonderful player, but not a superstar. Ben Tayshawn Prince. Tayshawn Prince, Rip Hamilton, just a you know, an egalitarian, uh, an egalitarian starting unit. Um, but since then, it, it's been an abyss. And I just I worry that Cade could go there and just sort of everybody lose track of him. That's mm-hmm. what I'm worried about. I think that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, John Hollinger tweeted motorcade. So maybe that'll be his uh, nickname. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, yeah. You know, I was glad to see, let's see, uh, at least, uh, you know, if the Thunder couldn't get to get in the top five, at least four of the five teams that did were in the East. You know, we need, we need some, Need as many uh, top flight talents to go to the East as possible, just to sort of balance out the conferences. So that helps a little. Yeah. Any anything else lottery related before we move on? Uh, no, I guess the biggest loser, even more so than the Thunder, was the Timberwolves. I mean, yeah, um, they didn't get in the top three. So that means they lose their pick to Golden State. They came in at seven. Um, Golden State will pick seventh and fourteenth. Yeah, you know the, the Thunder, the Magic, and the and the uh, Warriors will have seven of the top of the first eighteen picks. So they'll sort of be in a little bit in control of the draft. But uh, yeah, Minnesota just a horrible trade last year when they they sent D'Angelo Russell for. Uh, or Minnesota traded Andrew Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell uh, and threw in uh, a protected first-round draft pick, just idiotic for players that are about the same. So 
you know, uh, so Cleveland didn't win the lottery, but their lottery luck continues. So we'll see if they can uh, do do something. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and, and what I wrote about Galilee, Cleveland loses the coin flip back in May because they tied oh, with. A, this is a great point. <laughs> yeah, the, the, these teams tie at fourth in the in the standings, so they got to flip a coin to see who gets the you know the few extra ping pong balls. And, and a little bit more status or less status in the lottery. The Thunder wins the the wins the uh, flip, so they're sort of like the fourth team, and Cleveland is the fifth team. And then the ping pong balls fall Cleveland's way. Those ping pong balls would have been the Thunders if the Thunder had lost that coin flip in May. So, yeah, you know, the Thunder would have had that combination. Luck is where you find it, you know. So uh, the good news is. Uh, you know, another thing I wrote about uh, just posted just now and is on Oklahoma.com is the last time I felt this way for the Thunder was the lottery of 08. The Thunder was uh, what came in fourth in the lottery for a uh, what we all considered a three player draft in the same way that we everybody's been saying five player draft, five player draft. Well, that was a three player draft. Number one. Was Derek Rose. Number two was Michael Beasley. Number three was OJ Mayo. All three of them were headed for superstar status, or so we were told. The Thunder didn't got did not get in the top three. They fell into, you know, the great unwashed at number four. Nobody knew who they would pick. There was talk of Jared Bayless. There was talk of Brock Lopez. The Thunder settled on sort of a a wild card candidate, fellow by the name of Russell Westbrook. So Sometimes, you know, bad luck can be turned into good luck, and that's what the Thunder has to do with this draft. So basically what, what Barry's telling everyone is that Scotty Barnes, although a different position, is going to be the next uh, Russell Westbrook. Well, uh, yeah, somebody told me he can't shoot, though. Can the guy shoot? I don't know. No, not supposed to be a very good shooter. A long defensive-minded wing. Does that uh, sound familiar at all to, to well, you? Well, that, that, that does not warm the hearts of uh, Oklahoma <laughs> on, this, uh, on this June night. Uh, <laughs> that news is a lump of coal uh, unto us all. Uh, let me look at it. I'm going to look at it. Yeah, Scotty Barnes uh, made 27.5% from three-point range. Um, so, eh, not good. Not good. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to a different topic because we have not talked about the big trade that went down on Friday, a a weird time in the NBA calendar for a trade of of that magnitude to go down. The Thunder trades Al Horford uh, back to the Celtics where he played from 2016 to 19. They also send uh, fan favorite Moses Brown, who is a, you know, went to the G league and was a two way player before he was uh, given a standard contract. And um, the thunder gets back Kimball Walker in the 16th pick, which we've talked about a ton in this year's draft. And the, the two teams swap second round picks the, the second rounder Oklahoma city got back is should be better than, than the second rounder that Boston got. But um, Barry Boston was able to clear some cap space, which was desperately needed um, they've had a hole in the middle and they, they really liked the fit of Forford Walker, uh, missed games four and five of their first round series. He only played 43 games this year, still 31. So Thunder's taking the chance that they can do with Kimball Walker, what they did with Chris Paul and what they did with Al Horford and, 
and prove that he's healthy, rehabilitate his value, and get turn, turn him into more picks. They keep getting picks on both sides of these deals, but how, how do you break down the trade? Well, it was a fantastic trade for really for both teams. Both teams got what they wanted. The Thunder got that draft pick, which is great. Um, and they also have an asset now in Kimba Walker, which I, you know, I don't, we'll see how they can move him. We're, you know, we're long past the days of saying they won't be able to trade that contract. They traded Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook. I think they can trade Kimba Walker. Um, but the Thunder, I mean, the Celtics got massive financial relief and they got a, a good big man that they sorely needed uh, who fits their system. They know him well. Orford was well-loved in Boston. So uh, I think, you know, at this point, you'd have to say it's a very good trade for both teams. Yeah. Now, uh, Kimba Walker is a wild card. He's injured. If he can prove to be healthy, he's still a ball player. It's hard to – and this guy's a four-time All-Star, including two years ago, you know. or uh, Let's see. Last last season, basically, 1920. Yeah, 1920. Yeah, I mean, last season, it was still playing basketball. It's last season. He was an all-star. The all-time leading scorer in Charlotte history. He's a, he's an excellent player. Didn't work, just wasn't a great fit in Boston. I have no idea why. Didn't pay attention. Don't know. But he can play. And there will be teams, if if they know he's healthy, there will be teams be interested. Now, it's a, it's a big contract to swallow, but there's always ways around that one. So we'll we'll see what can happen there. I don't know what can happen, but but we can see. I I thought it was a no-brainer move for the Thunder. I mean, it's just like we we keep talking about they're going to have to attach assets to get off of this contract, and Horford was sort of the same way. Um, And they end up getting back a a first-round pick, and they'll do that deal 100 times out of 100. Um, And, you know, when we were discussing – there was – I don't want to say obvious, but there were logical trades that you could have made for Al Horford. The two that we were talking about was Kimba Walker and Kristaps Porzingis. They, they they could still maybe maybe do a deal with Dallas now that they have Walker's contract. But I always thought Walker made more sense. Um, I know he's seven years older than Porzingis, um, and I know he's also been hurt. But Porzingis's injuries as a big man really scare me. Um, I'm not sure he would have fit as well. Uh, with the Thunder as, as far as in the locker room. Um, I think guards who can score and create, like Sam Presti said today, are hard to come by. So I'd be more confident that they could um, turn some turn Kimball Walker into something more positive than Chris Stapps for Zingas. And also there's a year, le- year less on his deal. So Walker's under contract for two more years. That second year is a player option for, I think, $37 million. Surely he's going to accept that. Um, and, you know, it's still hard to find a match for, the, for that kind of money, but I'm not going to, to count them out from, from trying to do that. My, my question about the deal, and again, I would do it 100% of the time, is the, the Thunder's whole narrative coming into the season was clearing the way for Shea Gilgis Alexander. No Dennis Schroeder, no Chris Paul. They want Shade out of the ball in his hands 100% of the time. That basically happened. I think he played point guard on like 95% of the possessions he was in. And now if you're trying to build back uh, Kimba Walker's value, he's certainly going to need the ball in his hands and, and shake and play off the ball. But, you know, it's 
it's not a terrible problem to have, but I think it's it's one that they're going to have to navigate it, it, unless he's flipped, you know, this summer, and then you you don't worry about that. For Kemba Walker to work in Oklahoma City and maybe work anywhere, I think he's going to have to transition to a super sixth man, a guy who comes off the bench, runs the second unit, ball dominant, takes a bunch of shots, and everybody's pleased with that, scores, instant offense, that kind of thing. I don't see him working well playing alongside SGA for extended minutes. If you want to do it for four minutes, a half, okay, eight minutes. But I don't see him playing, you know, him playing 14, 16 minutes a half with SGA seems like a very bad idea. So Yeah, you'd want to stagger those guys. Yes, yes. And and I think what it seems probably that's the best move for him if he wants to play for a winner, you know. Um there are teams that hand him the ball and say quarterback our team, but there wouldn't be very good. It'd be Orlando or somebody, you know. I think he would be better served. I think he'd be better served being a, a sixth man on a, on a pretty good team. And you know what? Maybe that could be Dallas. Maybe that could be Dallas. So the Porzingis deal, I guess, is still a possibility. You know, the Thunder doesn't have a center all of a sudden. That's all they had. They had a bunch of centers all over the place. Four, if you count, Roby played a bunch of center. And, um, you know, they, they ended – well, they ended – they had Brown, Moses Brown and Tony Bradley. And before that, they had Muscava and Al Horford. But they shut those two guys down. Bradley's a, a free agent. Brown's been traded. Roby's a, you know, a swing guy, more of a power forward. They need a center, right? Just sort of get through the year. I'm not talking about to contend for the West. I mean, they literally just need somebody to play the position. So it, it strikes me that that would be a decent, a decent trade. Walker for Porzingis. Um, I think Dallas could use, you know, that kind of player. I'm trying to think of who played backup point guard for the for the Mavericks. Um, I can't remember, but um, that to me that's still a possibility there. Porzingis and uh, and a Walker deal. Yeah, I, I think it's funny that Moses Brown was by, by the way such a such a nice guy to to talk to and um, such a cool story that Moses Brown is found a place in the NBA. I, I'm hoping he sticks with the Celtics, but it's funny that Brad Stevens is like, Hey, you know, that guy that, that went 22 and 20 against us. How about, how about you throw him, throw him in as well? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they needed that to make the money work. I haven't looked deeply enough into it, but you know, clearly he's, he's an intriguing guy. Now the Celtics are the opposite. They got four centers. I think now when you talk about Horford and Brown and, Robert Williams and oh Tristan Thompson, so they got a bunch of centers. Yeah, and I, I don't think Taco Fall is going to be back, but they had Taco Fall as well. Taco Fall, so you know we'll have to see. But um, you know, best case scenario for the Thunder is if they could move Walker because he's not a good fit. But if he does stay, he's going to help the Thunder win some games. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The the other thing, last thing. Um, 
that Kimball Walker, he, it's sort of, I, I see the similarities between them bringing in Chris Paul and then bringing in Al Horford. These are veteran guys. All, all three are veteran guys that are super well-respected around the league. And the Thunder almost made a deal with them like, hey, this is going to probably be a short stay. Um, it's going to be good for us and it's going to be good for you to, you know, sort of rehab your value here. And then we'll get you to a place you want to be. Um, they were able to do that with Chris Paul in Phoenix. They were able to do that with Al Horford in Boston. Uh, both of those guys did all the right things in Oklahoma City um, and really seemed to embrace it, at least from an outside perspective. And, you know, Kimball Walker seems like a guy I don't know for sure, but he might do the same because I learned through uh, through what you wrote is just I didn't realize I knew he was a fantastic player, but I didn't realize the respect he had as a person um, sort of across the league and stuff. So. You know, the, the Thunder doesn't want to bring in, I mean, they again, I think they would make this deal no matter what, but they don't want to bring in a guy that's going to be, you know, disgruntled during a rebuilding process and maybe negatively rub off on some of the young players. Um, but Kimball Walker seems like a guy who would fit in pretty easily. He does. You know, I didn't know anything about Kimball Walker except led UConn to a national title. He used to fill up a bucket for Charlotte. He went to Boston. It didn't work out. That's what I knew about Kimball Walker. And uh, yesterday morning, I'm reading a, a Celtic story. Uh, Brad Stevens talked about the trade, and he had a he had a quote in there about you know no matter how much I like you know how much I like Kimball Walker, it's something I felt like we needed to do something like that. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So I started, you know, I, I called up some Kimball Walker file or something, and I real and I found twice been voted the. Uh, the NBA Sportsmanship Award. And I thought, well, I don't know what that means. So I looked up the award, and Grant Hill won it. I think it was three times. Drew Holiday won it last year. Mike Conley won it twice. Those are about the three classiest guys to come down the pike in, in forever in the NBA. Those are the highest quality guys. I mean, guys that every everybody raves about and just in terms of their – you know, their character and their leadership and their sort of steadfastness to doing things right and good teammates and obviously sportsmanship. And Kimball Walker's a two-time winner. He's right there with them. So, uh, you know, you I think you asked Sam about it and, and tonight, and without a lot of goading, you didn't really – it was not a leading question. And Sam went on and on about this is, this is a top-flight individual. You know, this yeah, is- he he said there's a lot of similarities between him and Al Horford, just as far as them personally. Right. Exactly. So, and Al Horford you know, was a class act. Yes. It, so if if Walker does have to stay, I don't think it'll be a problem. You know, you never know. It, it, it you know apparently there was some tension in Boston, but not to the point where it it created a serious cracks, but. Yeah, the Kimball Walker situation will be very interesting. I'll be very intrigued to see what happens with with Kimball Walker. Yeah. Well, there's there's going to be so much to talk about uh, in the next month or so between now and, and July 29th, the NBA draft. Um, other trades that could happen. Barry, maybe we'll have uh, one podcast specifically dedicated to our Ben Simmons trade hypothetical. Ben Simmons, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've just been studying Kimba Walker, CJ Collum. I don't know why anybody's so excited about CJ McCollum. Um, 
if they're both if both are healthy. I don't. I think Kimba Walker's a better player than C.J. McCollum. Ooh, especially if you factor in you might need a point guard. Now, if you don't care about the point guard, maybe McCollum. But if you need some point guard play out of one of them, you know, I think Walker's your man. So. So you're moving the Thunder past the Blazers, one one rung up in the ladder to uh, trade with Philly. For- I think you know, I I, I think I, I think I might. I think I might. And now he's got to get healthy. If he's not healthy, you know, they're not doing any of that stuff. But yeah, that that's that's seriously the biggest question is like, can can Kimba Walker pass a physical right now if he were to be included in a trade? Yeah, and you know, I think uh, it'll be interesting. I, I do think what I said a year ago. I can't remember if I said it to you or on the radio or where I said it, but you know, Thunder ought to trade Chris Paul for for Ben. And if they had of, there there would be a parade route being planned right now in Philly. I don't have any doubts about that. Uh, I laughed at you for it. I thought it was ridiculous, and you were totally right. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I mean, Philly went seven games in the East semifinals with their second best player in theory. Giving them nothing, being a big, a big zero. Think what Chris Paul brings to a team. Chris yeah. and Joel Embiid, great day. I, I think that's the lesson. Is like I was thinking too much about the age and what Ben Simmons could be, but when you've got a guy like Joel Embiid, you've got to maximize that window right now, and and you've you've got to make that sort of move. And you know they didn't make a move for Chris Paul. They didn't make a move for Kyle Lowry. Um, and uh, didn't work out so well. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't think Ben Simmons has come to Oklahoma City. But if he does, I'll be very excited. I don't either. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But it's, you know, they're, they're certainly in the conversation just because they've, they, they, they're a team that could, that could theoretically do it. But we will say right, that. Think about it. Think about it. Here, here, let me leave us with, with one we're, thought. We're having People. a Ben Simmons pod right now. Well, he's worth it. If People who want to dog Ben Simmons. This time last year, or at the end of the season, whenever we want to call it, the calendar's all screwed up. But a year ago, everybody in Oklahoma would have been willing to trade Shea Gilgis Alexander for Ben Simmons. That's true. Just one year. You pointed out to me, this guy made all NBA last year. One of the 15 best players in the NBA. In the NBA. So let's let's not throw dirt on his grave yet. The, the Thunder would have traded Shea Gilgis Alexander and Lou Dort for Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Oh, goodness. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. That was a fun one. Thank you guys for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. And uh, not sure exactly when, but we will be back with you sometime before the draft to, to recap what the Thunder's going to, to preview what the Thunder could do, um, some of the prospects they might be after, and all the fun stuff that comes along with that. Um, so thanks again for listening.